It, yeah, it produces gut bacteria. Yeah, it produces good gut it bacteria. Helps, yeah, it helps regulate your gut microbiome. Which I did already. Yeah, you already do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> you drink like kombucha and or kefir every single day of your life. Yeah, so I'm so. just continuing to be it's okay. It's fine. Drink a lot of apple cider vinegar. I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, you're, you don't need no um, stinking appendix. Not here. Welcome to Fitz Gay We Play, the podcast where I heard the theme music start while we were mid-conversation about we're trying, my appendix. Kai, you've ruined the illusion. We're, I, trying, <laughs> we're trying to start in, midi, in well, media we did. res. Well, we I was just saying welcome. Yeah, but then you commented on no, it. No, hold on, hold on. And I'm you sorry. shattered that. Do, do it again. I, I do it again. You I didn't revealed see you there. The I'm illusions. sorry. I didn't see oh, you there. Oh, hey. Oh, hello. No, no, no. Don't actually do it again. <laughs> Don't. We're good. No, we're good. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. One more again. Can we talk over the song? This <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure, absolutely. Can we come up with lyrics to the song? Oh no! Oh, I wanted to do a bit where, um, so like, to. "Happy Birthday" is copyrighted, and so is the Red Robin song, maybe. So anyway, Kai, it's Kai's birthday. <laughs> I'm gonna try and make up the spoke it's birthday lyrics happening. over the song. I know, I can hear it. Kai is having a birthday. Kai in space. Right now, today, birthday, birthday, it's Kai. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. That was great. I, I was confused. The I wanted whole time. to do a, a more like a bespoke birthday song that was a more organized bit, but. Um, well, we can try again. <laughs> no, I don't. No, please. No, please. No. I hate this. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Wait, it should be going. Oh, I just have to scoot it forward. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> it has to, like, the whole thing. Okay, Aaron, you and I are going to come up with a bespoke birthday song. <laughs> birthday. Birthday. It's Kai's birthday. birthday. It's Kai's birthday. We're in space, and it's your birthday. It's space, they're hot and you can fuck them and they all want to have sex with you because it's your birthday. That's an X-rated. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> dirty birthday song. Hi. Was, Welcome to If It's Can We Play special birthday extended edition deluxe game of the year edition. Deluxe. It's Kai's G-O-T-Y. birthday. It's my birthday. Uh, Kai, you're 23 now. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? I'm going to die soon, and I'm ready for it. <laughs> Great. Love it. It's the crushing weight of adulthood. It's the crushing weight Tight. of adulthood. Just wait until you get older. That feeling never goes away. I mean, it was it was mostly jokes, but partially not jokes. Um, Yesterday, I'm just very excited for nobody to like me or talk to me again right, for the next year. Right, because as Blink-182 said. I love alone time. As uh, No, you don't. That's a lie. That is a lie. As, uh, that's me who loves alone, alone time. Oh, You're getting confused. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, that's my brand, is not wanting to talk to anybody about anything for any reason ever. Yesterday, I said to our roommate, Henry, Aquarius. man, having a body sucks. And he says, don't worry. And he, he says he says to me. He says to you. And he says, says to me, uh, don't worry, Hannah, you'll be dead soon. And I said, thank you. Or I think he said you'll be dead someday. Maybe yeah, he said I just, someday. I don't think he said the soon. The soon was wishful thinking. Oh, jeez. Uh, edits. Um, oh, Hannah. Uh, yeah. Please don't. I love I you. Have Chemical depression. That's why we didn't record earlier this week. It's a well-documented. It's a well-documented fact. It's the second time that we haven't recorded because I had a mental breakdown. I mean, we keep 
consistently wanting to record on days where we shouldn't you, we, where we shouldn't because we've driven for yeah a long time. that was always going to be a, kind of a non-starter when we had, were in the car for well we actually did really good we were in the car for less five than hours six and 45 minutes yeah less than six hours on the way back from santa fe because also we Hannah drove and I like trip. literal bats out of hell yes literal 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 bats out of hell we that drove is like we meatloaf transformed it. oh yep <laughs> that's that's a better joke. we transformed into bats and then flew. And the flames and of boy, hell. are my arms tired. Am I right, folks? <laughs> we just drove into Santa Fe, and boy, is my whole everything tired. Yeah, my body hurts. We're going to um, talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll Kai, talk about I that in a minute. I want to hear more. Um, Kai. Yep, mm-hmm, yep. While um, I have you here, uh, I want to yeah. talk a little more about your birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, no. Aaron, Please. stop. No, we can't keep I can't. doing this. I don't want anymore. I can't. <laughs> I love this song, but it's it's just too much. Uh, welcome to If It's Gay, we play a podcast about our theme song. This is like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm getting very overwhelmed. Kai, birthday. Tell Kai, us about it. Yeah, Kai's well, birthday. Mm, uh-huh. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? I Whatever you want to tell me, baby. Um, it, it I. <laughs> <laughs> Great interview. You're doing amazing, sweaty. I'm so proud of you. I'm very tired. I don't. I, I never expected to make it this this far. I just want to thank. Christ I just want to thank God and Aaron, my family no. and um, God and my Jesus. friends and Jesus and God and uh and Satan mm-hmm. and I just want to thank you all for this award. <laughs> the award of turning 23. Yeah, I just you uh, did so it. Lucky. I, I did it. That's uh, a funny joke, but it's also like. Uh, just to bring it to the serious times for a minute. Oh, no. For people like myself with, uh, you know, clinical depression. Also. also yeah, also, also Kai also. has that. Um, and various mental il- mental ilni, if you will. I'm not going to list them all here. Uh, ilni? The, 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 the sad guy. The sad, the extremely sad and anxious guy. <laughs> um, that, like it's this feeling sort of lessens as I get older, but like every birthday I make it to really does feel like a victory as a person who's like struggled with suicidal ideation in the past. Um, and so I am proud of you for making it to 23. Oh, thanks. Not that I was particularly worried about it for the past like year, but I mean, straight up, like I, uh, I'll bring it down to the serious level. Also, I went through a bunch of my old like papers and schoolwork from, um, (laughs) he's great. (laughs) From, from like my uh, my childhood, because my mom saved all of my papers that I've ever written ever in my entire life. Yeah, because um, your family doesn't have a hoarding problem. No, not at all. Uh, I don't still struggle from that today, um, at all. But like, I I I literally could see just how blatantly like depressed I was and how much I was struggling with mental illness at that time, and I very distinctly remember not being able to conceive of a life past like 22 for myself mm-hmm. um and the fact that i have turned 23 this year is like very cool and unforeseen and i don't mean to say that like yesterday i was like oh well i'm not gonna you know make it to 23 or like even when i was 22 i was thinking that but it's just um it's just nice to have that connection to to like my history and to now and i definitely think that uh like medically transitioning and socially transitioning is a big part of that, and I didn't fully realize how depressed not being the gender that I wanted to be was making me when I was a young person. But God I know is that a now. safety blanket. 
suicide is my blanket. Well, that's 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 quite a triggering thing to say out of nowhere. We'll put a warning on the uh, on the episode. That's, that's something that I wrote when yeah. I was fourteen years old. I brought home a lot of my um very very talented pristine writings. Oh, we talked about your story about Morbus last time. I Did remember we? talking about Morbus because I told you not to spoil the twist. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I will not spoil the twist. We, um, one of these days, we're going to do a dramatic reading. We'll release a mini episode of dramatic reading of a real life things we wrote when we were preteens. Yeah, it's, it's quite good, let me say. Um, so, man, nah, nah, nobody likes you when you're 23. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 was fine. I don't know. It was fine for me. I was, I knew you when you were 23. Yeah. And I was fine, I think. I'm you, better now. Yeah, you're better now, but you seemed okay then, too. Yeah. People I think, like, some people liked me when I was 23. I liked you. Not um, a ton, but like some. I liked some you a lot. Liked I liked me. you enough for all of us. Great. Um, I still like you enough for all of Super us. Super tight. You're welcome. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm doing well. I think I'm going to have a good year. Yeah, Listen to the I Mountain so Goat too. sing this year, last night, and that was very yeah, important. Yeah, woofa doofa. So, where have we been this week? We, it's the week of Mountain Goats, folks. Um, we've taken the Great American Road Trip. To on Tuesday, we drove to Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. It took us like eight hours because we stopped every hour to pee. Yeah, because we we pee a lot as people. And uh, on Wednesday, we were at Meow Wolf all day, literally the whole day, which was fucking. It was awesome. amazing. Meow Wolf was so tight. It's really tight. It was different than I expected it to be. Me too. Not in a bad way. It's just I don't know what I expected, but it was different than what I expected it to be. I didn't really go in with any expectations, so it was very different than what I expected it to be. I think for no reason at all, like there was no basis for this, I would built it up more in my mind as like a punch drunk thing, as like more of an immersive theater thing, but it's not. Like it's an immersive art installation. I think it'd be so fucking cool if Meow Wolf collaborated with a theater company. I have one of those, Meow Wolf Denver. It's Well, I don't have no, it, you but don't. I'm what in it. What are you it. talking about? I'm just- in it. Uh, and the Wit Theater Company really likes immersive theater, so hit us up. Wit.Shakespeare. You know, Wolf Denver. Anyway, uh, to do, like, immersive theater, because it was interesting. It was, it was, yeah, I don't know. It was really cool, though. Um, I would go if you have the uh, opportunity slash Oh, absolutely, to do yeah. So. Yeah, and Meow Wolf is coming to Denver in 2019, which is a, a issue of some controversy in mm-hmm. Denver because there's a lot of issues in the city with, like, the gentrification of art and like for instance like local graffiti artists getting their stuff like painted over and like getting persecuted by and what have you. outside artists. Well st- I was gonna say like by the city getting yeah, persecuted yeah. by the city and then meanwhile the city hiring out of town artists to come in yeah. and like paint the underpasses and stuff. So there's a lot of issue of that. Um, where I stand is Meow Wolf Denver is they have basically like so they uh, donated a so the city shut down a very famous DIY venue in town called Rhinoceropolis after the ghost ship fire in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, there was sort of a nationwide like outlash against um, uh, like DIY venues, and especially places like Rhinoceropolis where people were living and yeah. so forth. And so pretty famously, um, the fucking DPD, Denver police, fuck the Denver police, um, came and like kicked them out in the middle of a blizzard kicked out everybody who was uh, living at Rhinoceropolis and yeah, like, shut really the place horrifying. down. Um, and Meow Wolf pretty instantly and continuously has donated a ton of money to like get Rhinoceropolis back on its feet, which is a thing that's going to happen, which is really cool. Yeah, and, and a lot me- of our friends and friends of friends work there. Yes, at Meow Wolf. Yes. And um, they have like basically a scholarship fund for uh, DI- Denver DIY venues that you can like apply for to like get funding. So basically they're using their considerable power and influence for good mm-hmm. for what i can tell um and i would love to hear 
other opinions on that, but that's sort mm-hmm. of where I stand. Um, all of which is say Meow Wolf rules at the Meow Wolf Santa Fe, at least. And on Wednesday night, we saw our favorite band, the Mountain Goats, at Meow Wolf. Yes. We got to watch them set up and do, oop, Tori found a bug. Don't you fucking jump on that bookcase. And do sound check. Um, uh, do sound check while we were in the exhibit. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and we saw them at Meow Wolf. Um, I have seen the Mountain Goats now six times as of this week. I've seen them three. And it was my favorite Mountain Goat show that I've seen. Yeah, it was such a, a good show. And then on Thursday, we drove home from Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Took us less than six hours because, and as we previously drove, like, mentioned, out of hell. Yes. we drove like bats out of hell. Because from what I can tell, there don't appear to be like road laws, laws in Santa Fe, New Mexico. No. Everybody just seems to drive however fast they don't want, wherever they want, whenever they want, with no turn signals. Yeah, it was wild. It was the Wild West, let me tell you. Truly, truly. Um, Filled twice. Santa Fe is a great town. I'm not shitting on Santa Fe. But we realized that when we were in Santa Fe and on the highways the way out, we were like, oh, we can just drive however quickly we want, it turns out. And so we did. Until we get to Colorado, um, where there are, unfortunately, Laws. laws. Yeah. Um, we have weed though, which is cool. It was fun to watch the transition between no dispensaries to a lot of Two dispensaries. Two dispensaries assigned billboards on the highway. What's weird about living in Colorado is I'm both continuously blown away that there are places where you can just buy weed legally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also very blown away when I'm in places where I can't just buy weed legally. Right. Like it simultaneously feels like the most buck wild thing in the mo- world that I'm like, oh, Kai, let's walk over to the dispensary and get all these cool new toys. Yep. Uh, let's go to the marijuana store and buy our marijuana. Mm-hmm. And it feels buck wild that other places aren't like that. Yeah, yeah. Like going to New Mexico. Because I realized when we were in Santa Fe that it had been like a long time bef- since I had been out of Colorado, but not out of the country. Because uh-huh. I had been to most, the most recent place had been was Vancouver a couple of times. Um, and in Canada, weed is decriminalized. In Vancouver, they also have dispensaries. As well documented, we just walked into a dispensary yes. in Roberts Creek and walked out with a joint in my hand. Um, and so it's just wild. It was wild to like go to New Mexico and be like, oh, yeah, they don't have that here mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. Legalize it. Time to recognize it. Yeah, and there's some very good hashtag hand motions going on across the table from me right now. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> and then yes kai and then oh and then last night we saw the mountain goats again oh yeah we drove an hour or so to fort collins colorado to see the mountain goats again yes so the week was drive mountain goats drive mountain goats yes yes kai what's the gayest thing you've done this week that that i just described seeing the mountain goats twice in one week right cool Beautiful. uh because i'm sad and gay and traumatized and the mountain goats are my favorite band and uh like bar none um hold on I had phlegm. Um, and yeah, they like everybody who really loves the Mountain Goats, I think, can probably say this that like they are one of those bands where like I definitely wouldn't be here without their music. Like mm-hmm. they've gotten through me some, th- me through some real shit. Uh, my friend Taylor uh, introduced me, gave me the Sunset Tree to listen to over winter break my freshman year of college, and it changed my entire life, changed the music that I listen to, the way that I want to make art. Like, it was just like the most eye-opening, incredible experience to listen to that album for the first time. Um, it's about Sunset Tree. It's about John, the lead singer John Darnielle's abusive childhood. Um, our cat is screaming from the basement. She does that. She's fine. She just likes to yell. Um, and yeah, so it was a really special experience. It was so cool to see them at Meow Wolf. It was the I once t- got to see them in a very small venue and never called the High Dive. 
and this was very similar where it was a really small and intimate venue and during uh if you know the mountain goats during the encore they played no children and yeah. john got off stage and like came out into the audience yeah and was there so was tight. a little like mini mountain goats mosh like around him as we all were like scream singing no children uh and during the like last line of i hope you die i hope we both die i like we like grabbed each other's shoulders and like i like sang it into the mic with him it was a really cool hi tori that's a very good shoelace um she just likes to shout and show us her toys and her toys are mostly shoelaces that's what she likes um and anyway, it was a really, really special and cool moment. It was really cool and weird to see them twice in one week. Yeah, it was super weird. Uh, I felt like, I told you this, I felt like the concert never stopped. Yeah, I simultaneously felt like we were never in Santa Fe and like we were still in Santa Fe. We continue to be in Santa Fe to this day. No, now I don't feel like we're in Santa Fe anymore. I feel like I never left. Santa Fe? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kai, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Oh, and then we'll talk about oh. our new best friends, Elrigs. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um... But I have a, I I have a segment use, for that. I was going to use that for the gayest thing that I've done this week. Uh, the Mountain Goats had a very tight opener. Um, Al Riggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're a very good band. What is their Instagram handle? It's Al Riggs, everyone. Yeah, it's very good. At they, It's Al Riggs, everyone. They're a really tight queer band that had a song on a pod, on the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was like featured. Yeah, a long time ago. And um, uh, yeah, Welcome to Night Vale does this thing called The Weather, where it's just, they're like, and now the weather, and then they just play a cool song. But oh, well, that's like, cool. Yeah, you should listen to Night Vale. Old Night Vale's really good. Okay. Yeah. Um, sort of went off probably the won't, but I appreciate but it. It's really um, good. I think you'd really enjoy it. If you like Alice Isn't Dead, you'd like Welcome All right, to Night vale. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Um, you should listen to it. I'll think about it. Uh, but anyway, their their music was just very, very sad and angry and queer, and I really mm-hmm. liked that about them. Mostly sad. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of anger. I got some anger from them. That's I fair. I get in that like anger. first song that they. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was. I anyway, I just really I really liked their uh, their 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 music, and it was probably my favorite Mountain Goats opener that I've seen, and I know you've oh, seen yeah. more. Um, but they were just very nice people. We talked to them oh, they were so several cool. times afterward. Yeah. We gave them one of our stickers. Yeah, the, uh, the singer, Al, uh, seemed really stoked on the podcast. So if you're listening, any member of Al Riggs, hi. Hello. Hello. Glad to have you here. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to introduce a new segment on the show. It's called Hannah's Hot Tracks. Oh, no. And it's where I talk about <laughs> a hot queer track that I've been listening to lately. I actually kind of like that. Thank you. Uh, I thought it was a genuinely good idea. No, I think it's a genuinely you good idea. You thought it was a bit, but it's genuinely good Yeah, I good thought it idea. was a bit, and that's why I said, oh no, because that's how I respond to most of your bits. Hey everybody, welcome to Hannah's Hot Tracks. This week, I'd like you to introduce to you uh, Al Riggs's, the band Al Riggs, queer band from North Carolina. I really enjoy them because they make like, almost like Southern rock. Yeah. Which is something that we as queers don't really get. Like, no. I really enjoy that kind of stuff, that kind of like, bluesy folksy country rock almost um but it's usually about like you know straight stuff like guns and how much you hate women or whatever yeah, it's and uh but our eggs makes it about being gay and like striking out at the queer bar until you don't is how they introduce one of their songs and mm-hmm. so forth um the track that i would like to suggest for you this week is called local honey uh and i really 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 dig it it's sort of a mellow track about death yeah. And that's Hannah's Hot Tracks for the week. I liked, I liked, I liked it very much. I liked, I liked the opening very much. It was very good to the yes. Mountain Goats. Yeah, I've seen them, as I said, I've seen the Mountain Goats six times, and I've never, at best, the opener, I've been like, that was pretty good. 
for just for my taste, I'm not saying they were good or bad bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the first time that I've seen a Mountain Goats opener and been like, oh, hell yeah, son. Uh, Al Riggs is my, one of my new favorite bands. Yeah, it's them. just, uh, I think why it's the gayest thing that I've done this week is it's just really important for me to see, like, queer music and mm-hmm. to listen to queer music specifically because mm-hmm. it just feels very um, empowering because mm-hmm. I spent most of my, like, youth and childhood listening to songs, like, made for and by straight cis people. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and, like, I would have to translate my experience onto those songs mm-hmm. or totally. just not listen to them or just find my experience elsewhere. Um, and that's not something that's, like, fully satisfactory in, in my world. And, you know, I mostly didn't listen to it because I did not know that stuff like that existed. Um, but, you know, now that I do and consider myself a, uh, a connoisseur of queer music, totally. um, I, I just, I really enjoyed the opportunity to see, like, young people having having a good time on the stage yeah. it was also really neat because like so many sad queer people love the mountain goats which mm-hmm. is music made by a straight white cis guy mm-hmm. he's all that he was like yeah that he yeah he's a cool i mean he's a cool dude a cool like dude. i i love his music and i i think he's a, a stand-up gentleman from everything that i know about him and every conversation i've had with him um but it was so cool to like see a queer band be featured be featured and touring with the mountain goats and then they played they played two encores at the yeah, second show so we saw because it, it was the last the last night show. of tour and uh they played this year and they uh he invited al out on stage to sing along and it was it was just a really neat it was very good. moment uh it just i felt very seen and very heard yeah everyone was just so happy uh seen and heard um yeah hey this podcast is about video games what are you playing I played the first couple of hours of God of War last night, finally. Uh, it's really good. I didn't have anything new to say about it because I only started playing it. But as everybody said, it does feel really good. The combat is a little weird to get used to. Yeah, it looked like an adjustment. Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. But I think once I once I, it becomes more like natural, it will be really fluid. And it is really fun. It's the type of game I like where it's story-driven, single-player, although you get to command your boy. Mm-hmm. Um and uh cool combat and it's beautiful it's a gorgeous game we don't have like a 4K TV or no. whatever the kids are into these days um we still have a very nice HD TV we do and uh it just looks really really good yeah I um I'm curious to play it myself because I've played the original God of War series not like the little extra like mobile games or the Facebook games or whatever um the ones on the PS2 and such uh. And I'm curious to see how, if the combat is similar, because I know that you have a different weapon. Mm-hmm. I hear it's um, very different. You used to have, like, oh, gosh, I forget what they were called. They were, like, the the Blades of Chaos or something. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. I've uh, never played a God of yeah. War game before. Um, they definitely, they're, they're fun games to play, mechanically speaking, and the story is interesting. There's a lot of sexist stuff in there that I'm not a yes. big fan of. Um, but I, I like really enjoyed playing them when I was younger. Uh, and I'm curious to see how the, the combat switches over. Cause you've got the Leviathan mm-hmm. axe. The Leviathan axe. From yeah. everything I've, oh, sorry. Um, and the, the mythology that you're working mm-hmm. with switches. Um, and, yeah, I, you're in, and I'm in really mythology. into, uh, the Greek pantheon and I'm also really into Norse mythology as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like mythology. Um, I've been reading a lot. I don't know why I've just been like studying a lot of Norse myth, like, by studying, I mean staying up late reading Wikipedia articles sure. about Norse mythology uh, lately because it's something that I don't – I know the, like, sort of basics. Like, I know who, like, Odin and Thor and Loki and fucking Jormungandr and the World Tree. Like, I know the sort of, like, overview stuff, mm-hmm. partially just from reading American Gods sure. a bunch of times. Um, 
but I'm very interested to get more into it. Yeah. Um, and learn more. Cause I, from, from everything I've heard too, and just from scanning it, uh, the game does a really good job of depicting the stories. Um, and like going off of the stories, but also like the mythology is really solid from everything I hear in this game. And from everything I've heard too, cause I've never played a God of War game. I can't confirm or deny this. Um, but everybody seems to say that it's like, it's basically using the skin of God of War, but it's a very different game from previous God of War games. It looks like it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how that continues, but it looks like that kind of like puzzle solving to continue aspect has continued, um, which is cool. Cool. Anyway. Um, Kai, what are you playing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think the most recent game I still played was We Happy Few. I really wanted to play the new Spider-Man game yesterday, um, but I didn't have time to do that. Uh it looks really good because I, I just want to talk a little bit about Spider-Man 2 on the PS2, mm-hmm. my favorite game of all time from my childhood. Um, Is it really? It's one of my favorite games of all time. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, just because I would play it for hours and hours and hours, and I, I genuinely did enjoy the story, and it was very challenging because I was a very young child. And the, the fucking web-slinging, man, I know everybody talks about it, but it was just so satisfying, and I hear that it's equally as satisfying in the new Spider-Man. But I do hear that it is not actually New York because in Spider-Man 2 for the PS2, it was actually New York. And that was one of my favorite experiences was um, being lucky enough to play that game and go to places in New York and then again being lucky enough to go to New York and go to the places that I went to in Spider-Man and be like, oh, man, this looks just like Spider-Man. But, you know, a lot of times it's the opposite order for people. But anyway, it was like. I don't know. It was just a very good game, and I'm excited to play the new Spider-Man game. Yeah, totally. It's going to be dope. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out this week, and as you all should know, <laughs> that was aggressive. As you all may know, if you've been listening since the beginning. It's part of the lore. Big, yeah, it's canon. part of my lore, my canon. Uh, big fan of the rebooted Tomb Raider franchise. Well, mostly the first game. The second game was kind of mediocre, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very excited to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider just because they're such f- mechanically fun games to play. Like, sure. they feel really good, I think. The combat feels really fun, and just the, like, climbing and exploring the world is just feels really good. Um, I can't afford Shadow of the Tomb Raider right now because you boys been spending too much money mm-hmm. on a month straight of traveling, yes. basically. Uh, but a couple more paychecks and I'll be able to get it and play it. And I'm debating whether to buy it on the PS4 or the Xbox One. Probably the PS4 because the graphics are better. Um, on the PS4. Is that, is that like actually like a true thing? Yeah. I always thought that was just kind of a thing that people said that wasn't true. No, I mean like I have a newer PS4 and that has a stronger graphics and processor. And we do have an older Xbox One, that's true. Yeah, Xbox One. That's the original one, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, from everything I heard, just like PS4 in general, I think has a, a stronger graphics engine than mm. Xbox One. All right. Um, I have the PS4 Slim because I didn't need the like Pro or whatever, but yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's good. It takes up, it has a fucking terabyte of memory, which is, yeah, which is buck wild. wild to me. Absolutely bananas. Um, that's so much memory. I know. Um, yeah, Aaron, what have you been playing? I game a lot too. And I Aaron games a ton, and we've never asked him what he's playing. We're very rude that I didn't, way. I didn't, no, I didn't want to insert myself, uh, but now I will. Um, Great. love it. I've been playing Sniper Elite Four. Oh, the one that um, you want me to play with you? Yeah, there's so there's a, a, two plugs. One, I got Sniper Elite Four. It's a great game. It's all about sniping Nazis, cool. and uh, whenever you do it well. 
you get this like slow-mo bullet time thing where it cool. follows the bullet and then does an x-ray cool. of the person getting hit and it how their like bones yeah, and awesome. how their bones like just disintegrate that's or their so jaw cool. gets blown off. That's so cool. Um you can get like bonus points for crotch shots, eye shots, combo shots, ricochets, Jeez. penetration. So nice. Um yeah, nice. Nice. Very nice. 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 <laughs> Boom! Ba -da -da -da. I really wanted to play a theme okay. song there. <laughs> like, um, we have to stop. We do. Um, so, now, how did I get that? Oh, also, I haven't even played the seven other games I got at the same time. All oh, to the low, low price of $12. Oh, is it the Humble Bundle? Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, baby! If you're a gamer and you're like, man, I wish I could play a bunch of cool indie or like even like... Um, really big name games. Overwatch is the Humble Bundle for October. Hell yeah, I'm buying that Plus then. Humble Bundle exclusive skins that will unlock in November and December, which is really neat because mm -hmm. skins are like gold on in Overwatch, literally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, the, the, these are $60 games that they're giving out. It's $12 a month. And here's the thing. A lot of that money actually ends up going to charity mm -hmm. and directly to the to, uh, creators of the game. The uh, guy who did Fez um, said that his development team got 95% of profits of everything that sold through the Humble Bundle store. Cool. Um, where... As with Steam, it was he got about seventy percent. Cool. Still a lot, but uh, Humble Bundle is not. It's supporting communities. It's supporting artists, and it's a good way to get, especially if you're cash cash strapped, get really good uh, mainstream and indie games. So just want to shout that out. Hell yeah! Thanks, Aaron. I love the Humble Bundle. It's been a long time since I bought a Humble Bundle. I'm gonna get on that. I had a dream about Overwatch a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have never played a single second of Overwatch. And uh, what I know about Overwatch amounts to being able to name probably 10 of the characters. You actually named all of the characters. No, when I didn't. I quizzed there you are on many it. more characters that I didn't name. There are, are a lot sure? of characters in Overwatch. I know. Oh, yeah. I've played oh, Overwatch. Yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot of characters I, you I named didn't them all. name. Should, should I see how many Overwatch characters I can name? That sounds like a great podcast. No, it doesn't. It sounds terrible. <laughs> um. Anyway, I've never played Overwatch, but I had a dream about Overwatch, and so I feel like I should play it. Like Probably. the gods of gaming are like, "Hey, it's time to get into Overwatch," because I think I'll really like it. I'm gonna buy it for the PS4. Uh, I'm not gonna buy a headset because I do not want to hear what anybody has to say about anything ever, especially on multiplayer online games. Just turn off. Don't play competitive. Just yep. turn yeah. Yeah. All voice chat. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm I'm turning off the voice chat. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, so stay tuned for me getting Overwatch for the PS4 and I'll give you my gamer tag or whatever. If you want to be my friend on the PlayStation, <laughs> my username is uh, Bananagrams420. It's very good. It's a very on, good username. Uh, Xbox, am I Bananagram69? You're Bananagram69. Yeah, on Xbox Live, I'm Bananagram69. Uh, on Steam, I think I'm just Bananagrams. I think you're just Bananagrams too. Um, it's the two funny numbers. Yeah, and on uh, fucking Nintendo, I think I'm also Bananagrams. I, I don't know. Search Bananagrams and find me on <laughs> PlayStation. It's Bananagrams 420 because Bananagrams 69 was taken, and I was very offended. My brand! I know. You lost it. Um, 420 is very on brand, though, for no, me. No, it definitely is. Um, So what are we talking about this week besides the things we've talked about? We talked about good games we're excited about. Very excited about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's a new game. 
Uh, I am. I think I've said this before. I'm very worried about um, cultural appropriation. Yeah, whether there, it's going to be wicked game. racist. Yeah. Because <laughs> in a fucking Rise of the Tomb Raider, they're in like a community. Jesus and his followers ended up in Siberia, basically. And they're supposed to be from like Syria and they're all white and they all speak English for no reason at all. Which doesn't make any fucking sense because they should speak, you know, either like ancient Armenian or Russian, maybe. Just a thought. Or like a Siberian dialect of some kind. But no, they all speak perfect English. Uh, and they're all white. Natch. Because um, Jesus was white. Hashtag guns and God. I don't know what white people say. You do, though. You are white. Well, yeah, but I don't know what, like, patriotic people say. I no, guess I, I don't know say. what patriotic like, people say. Like, I don't know either. what, like, people who think Jesus is white say, I guess is what I meant. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited to play the game. Uh, I am, I have trepidations yes. about the game, but I am excited to play it. I think the people that you are fighting, you're not, like, fighting Central American folks, you're fighting Trinity, which is an American and European organization. So at least you're not, like, killing people of color, as far as I know, unless they're in that organization. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and you're excited about Spider-Man. I'm very excited about Spider-Man. Um, I got, there was a, uh, PAX East was last weekend, and there was a sale on the PlayStation Store, so I got the Bloodborne Ultimate Edition for $12, um, which is pretty tight. Which is very good. So I guess I'm going to get into Bloodborne. Uh, we... What we're talking about this week is we're, um... The Great Lesbian e- Road Trip. I can't <laughs> believe you've done this to me. <laughs> I stepped on your line. Go ahead. We're having a very special episode where we talk about the Great Lesbian Road Trip. <laughs> that makes it sound Both. like we're gonna talk about, like, somebody's drug addiction. Because <laughs> on TV, the very special... Like, in the 90s, like, TV sitcoms always had very special episodes. Oh, yeah, that's To talk true. about, like, teen pregnancy. Or I remember that. That episode like of that marijuana. one show where Tom Hanks is, like, drinking vanilla extract because he's an alcoholic or something. Oh, my God, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I forget what show it was, but there was an episode where Tom Hanks played the, like... Aaron's gonna look it up. Played, like, an alcoholic uncle. It might have been... Full House. I don't think it was. Though. No, it wasn't Full House. Yeah, that's too many uncles. They cannot have yeah. four uncles. In and he was house. like an alcoholic uncle, and so he was like tr- drinking like cough medicine and vanilla. Family ties. Family ties. Family ties. I, 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 I want to say I was completely. 1984. I was fully mistaken. Um, Bob Saget is the father, and there are two uncles in Full House. I just want to just clear the air real quick. Yeah, John Stamos and, yeah, and yeah, the and, other uh, guy, Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier. Yeah. Why do I know I, that? I've never seen Full I've House. I've seen all of Full House. I guess it's just culturally. Like salient. Yeah. So, the lesbian road trip. Um, Hannah and I were on this road trip, and, and we were, we're thinking lesbians. of yes, and we were thinking of ideas for what we wanted to talk about this week. And I some think might say bickering about ideas. I would say I would say uh, passionate discussion. Um, what is the fine line between bickering and a passionate discussion? Is I haven't found it yet. Whisper um, thin. <laughs> so. So, so I want to do like a fun, a fun thing that I care a lot about for my birthday because I'm very special and I deserve it. Yes. Um, and something that is very fascinating to me and has regularly been since uh, watching a lot of like queer movies or like movies that are important in the queer canon, like uh, Thelma and Louise, yeah, Carol, But I'm a Cheerleader, yeah. to list three that feature this theme, is um, the fact that in a lot of these movies. It's based around cars or road trips. Thelma mm-hmm. and Louise is literally spoilers for Thelma and Louise. Um, <laughs> the movie that's been out the for movie like that's 30 been out years. for many years is about um, like they they murder they murder uh, an abusive partner or whatever like a shitty partner and then they like escape and are like going on this road trip. 
Um, and they vault into away. the Grand Canyon. And they ultimately drive into the Grand Canyon, yes. Um, that's the basic, like, premise, I mm-hmm. think. <laughs> and then Carol, uh, Therese and Carol uh, go on this trip mm-hmm. that's across the country, and they end up, like, getting together and falling in love. Um, and they bone, and it's great. And they bone, and it's great. And it's a very and then, tasteful and well-directed scene. And something I also, yes, it is. Something I also just realized is But I'm a Cheerleader ends where they, where they go in, in the truck, car mm-hmm. uh, and they end up they leaving. They escape in the truck. Yeah. And a big theme, it seems, of like a lot of lesbian specific uh, media. Yeah, or like is, sapphic specific. Or sapphic specific media. Yeah, all of these examples were lesbian mm-hmm. or like sapphic at the very least. Thelma and Louise is arguably sapphic. Yeah, it's um, not explicit, but it's definitely gay. It's definitely gay. It's like well, hold hands. You know. A lot of straight people hold hands, but you know. But hands so are lesbian, lesbian guy. Yeah, hands are lesbian. Touching hands is That's lesbian. That's definitely true. Whispering also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like the, the theme of kind of like uh, escape and exploration mm-hmm. as well as like it, it feels a little bit of like Americana, but turned on its head in a carnival-esque right. well, like, like, manner. Yeah, it's utilizing one of the hallmarks of, like, Americana, which is the American road trip. Like, mm-hmm. not that people from other parts of the world don't go on road trips, but they America's so big. America's huge and so car-based because it's so young. And for most of Americans, like, before cars, it was, like, wagon-based, right? Like, Manifest Destiny and Westward Expansion and, the, like, not All that, that bullshit. Yeah, not that I support these things, but the, like, image of Americana of like the wagon headed west and the open road and the Oregon Trail is something that is like saturated like the narrative of America and if you read American Gods which I think is a very good book that everyone should read um it is all it is basically a giant American road trip right Mm -hmm. like they spend the whole time driving across the country to like gather an army so the gods of old can fight the gods of new and it's really tight Mm -hmm. um very tight and if you are lucky enough to have an HBO Go login uh, we've watched the first episode of the show, and it's very, it's good. very good. And I hear the rest um, of it is also very good. I, and I, it's based off a very good book. And, yeah, it's just so much a part of... Um, um. And, like, trucking. And, again, like, the, the, the image of the open road and that being in a car on the open road, like, signifying freedom is so, I think, quintessentially American. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that, like... Sapphic folks are specifically seeking this this freedom, mm-hmm. and a lot of our media is tied seeking this freedom. Oh, totally. Um, I also want to throw in the name Alice Isn't Dead, which is a very oh good yeah, podcast, that's a podcast that uh, I love. That Joseph Fink wrote, the creator of Welcome to Night Vale. Yes, um, um, yeah, very good, like Gothic Americana podcast about a uh, woman. sapphic ladies. Yeah, uh, are, a woman searching for her wife yeah. across America, and like work being a trucker and yeah. searching for her wife across America. Um, and I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned trucking specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do, did I, I know that I already talked about like the, the origins of like aviatrix or whatever mm-hmm. with like working class or, or like mechanic with like working class lesbians. I, I do again want to mention that specifically like working class lesbians in the forties and fifties, um, like butch and femme culture was, a, a lot of the reason why our distinctive image of a butch is like a trucker or a mechanic or a biker or like a blue collar worker mm-hmm. of some kind or a factory worker is because of the fact that at, at that time period, the most visibly queer people, like the, the most visibly sapphic people were butch 
people yeah at that totally time. yeah and i think a lot of our like lesbian stereotypes come, come from, from that era that era and that yes, narrative most definitely um mm-hmm. and that's and that's a lot of the reason why yeah. you would think like well even like trucker. flannels before they were like fashion are like you wear them for warmth if you work in like logging you know like oh the yeah flannels serve a you uti- and like denim serves like utilitarian purposes like a whole denim outfit a canadian tuxedo if you will mm-hmm. uh will. serves a utility i certainly will and have and I will know. again uh serves a very utilitarian purpose oh yeah and i mean this was the time period at which a lot more women were able to have jobs that men normally had mm-hmm. because, because of war post, times yeah post-world war ii um, when all the men were at war women you know rosie the riveter and whatever yeah but that women would take over the working class jobs of- a lot of dykes to get blue collar like mm-hmm. quote unquote men's work jobs mm-hmm. so they would uh wear the things that fit that job and a lot mm-hmm. of um and through the process of the 40s and 50s a lot of dykes at that time a lot of butch dykes specifically were really into constantly living the lifestyle as opposed to only part-time living the lifestyle mm-hmm. like at nights you would dress up to go to the gay bar but during the day you would dress like more femininely to blend in mm-hmm. um a lot of that changed in the 1950s. So that visibility aspect became really, really big. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about that little trucking thing for a second. And I totally oh, had totally. another thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, You'll come back around. In relation to, to freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this idea partially came to me, A, because we were on a road trip, we obviously. Were on a road trip. And also, uh, fucking, you know. we were driving through the American Southwest and Tracy Chapman's fast car <laughs> it came on. It was very good. And we were bickering over Tracy yeah, Chapman's fast car, which is an iconic song like it was just a very popular 90s song it's a good as fuck song and tracy chapman's good as fuck and tracy chapman is also a very powerful butch lesbian and it's also a very iconically like lesbian song like the whole song is about we're gonna get in your fast car and we're gonna go away from this repressive heteropatriarchal society heteropatriarchal society i noticed that i always add an extra syllable to the word patriarchal so I'm trying to try patriarchal. To, it's just patriarchal. I know. I, and I, I, just, I always I say patriarchal. I don't know why I do that. Anyway, uh, we're going to get away from this like repressive patriarchal society where we can't. It's like the all the lyrics are about like someday things are going to be okay. And like is if we can get out of here in the fast car, like we're going to get somewhere uh, and you make me feel like I can be someone. Like it's very about like we are in this oppressed love and we but we can get out of here in this car you like know we where can else just there's go. a road trip where stone butch blues yeah it's um, everywhere it's literally and in, everywhere um, it's not there's not much of the road trip but in fun home uh the book and the musical the person the ring of keys moment mm-hmm. that allison bechdel has is with a lesbian trucker uh at the gas station i thought it was a male person i think it's a trucker I don't know. We'll I think it's it a tru- trucker like delivering. You might be right. You might goods. be right. Um, um, might, either way, right. it's a driving based profession. Yeah, it's, it's a driving based quote unquote mm-hmm. like blue collar profession. Yeah. Um, fuck. The The other thing that I want to talk about in relation to this is something that uh, I experience on our road trips as an oftentimes like visibly trans person mm-hmm. um, in, in some ways is a lot of... Uh, or at the very least visibly queer actually is a lot of anxiety about passing through a lot of the small towns that we pass through and like having to go to the gas station to use the bathroom in those Mm -hmm. small towns because most of the time whatever bathroom I use I am in the wrong bathroom Mm -hmm. uh is is what people who are also in the bathroom with me will consider so like it's if you are if you are visibly queer, the kind of dichotomous aspect of the classic like American freedom symbol of the road trip and like 
not having to be anywhere specific or like you know time time based freedom and like space based freedom with with the restrictions of like being visibly queer um and i think that's interesting in all of the films that we listed most of those folks were not visibly queer like mm-hmm. they were they were passing yeah like in carol specifically it's also you know there's many years of difference between these events so like the the landscape so carol is based on a book called the price of salt written mm-hmm. by patricia highsmith who was an out lesbian in the 50s also young patricia highsmith looks like julian baker and she is fine as fuck Delightful. she was a huge asshole and she was like a very misogynistic yeah she was oh. like a very misogynistic lesbian she like sort of hated women and hated lesbians oh um, which is obviously some very internalized shame um, but anyway, well, a lot of like, if she was upper class, a lot of upper class like lesbians in the 1950s were shitty. I don't know that it's that. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um, she might have been upper class. I don't honestly remember. Um, I read like stuff about her, and I've read The Price of Salt, mm-hmm. and it's the bulk of that book is them on their road trip. They actually go to a lot of places in Colorado. Mm-hmm. They like go to Denver, and they spend a lot of time in Estes Park. Yeah, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, like the whole tape confrontation in the movie that happens outside of Estes Park in yeah. the book, which is fun and flirty. Yes. Because uh, I've been to Estes Park many times. Wow. I love Estes Park to visit. I would never live there. Um, nothing wrong with Estes Park. Shout out to my friend John who lives in Estes yes. Park. And, but in that landscape, like, they are almost protected by the anonymity of the small town, or at least they think they are, where they, sort of nobody knows they're gay because they're, you know, passing. Um but they, it's like nobody knows who they are. And in the landscape of the 50s, people don't like, people didn't like assume as much that lesbians were lesbians. Cause I think a lot of people just didn't know. Like there's a line in the movie, Carol, where uh, uh, Therese is talking to Richard and she's like, Have you ever like fallen in love with a boy? And he's like, Oh, I've heard of people like that. It was like sort of a new thing that people were hearing of. Um, it's sort of like how people talk about trans people in the modern landscape. They're like, what's this new trans thing? It's like, well, it's not new. It's yeah. just but more the visible I- now. The identity, especially the uh, medically based identity in the 1950s was still relatively new. Mm-hmm. Like gay identity started rising up in like the 1880s, 1890s or whatever. Like gay is an identity marker. But totally. the 1950s, it was starting to become more ostracized and spread. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I mean, it always has been ostracized because it's always been like a medicalized condition. Luckily, it's not any longer considered yeah, that. At least in, in this country. At yeah. least in this country, yes. Um, yeah, we're talking specifically about American queerness yeah. here. Um, but I want to tie this to video games at least a little bit. Oh, totally. Yeah, I wanted um, to talk about uh, games that. Yeah, something that. something that we were thinking about a lot was um, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. How a big part of it. Oh God, is her name? Chloe? I'll talk about. It. Uh, the big part, so a big, Life is Strange Before the Storm, I really enjoyed it. We're going to have more talk about this later. Yes. Uh, it is, obviously, the whole Life of Strange, Life is Strange franchise is predicated on a lot of barrier gays. Like, a lot of gays get buried, uh, or have the option to get buried in Life is, the Life is Strange franchise. just one. No, Rachel definitely dies. That game's been out for a while. The f- you know that in the first game, which has been out for like know, five no, years. It's just very spoilers. Okay, so two, two. I yeah, side. I'm fine with that because uh, it's been out for like f- the first game has been out for a number of years. All right, and you all know right, that. All right. um, and uh, yeah, and then there's choices that can affect other gays getting buried in the original Life is Strange game, which I have not played. I've just read a summary of. I get so stressed out with those choice based games. Yeah, I more just like learned about the barrier gays choices and was like, meh. 
Um, but Before the Storm is about, it's a prequel, and it's Chloe Price mm-hmm. and Rachel Amber. Like, they're young, and they're queer, and they're falling in love. Um, beautiful, it, beautiful stuff. It's fairly beautiful, if especially if I didn't realize if you disregard the, the ending yeah the, the first ending game. because you are if you if you've read if you've played the first game you already know that rachel dies and so playing i guess and i just didn't i just didn't because i forgot or hadn't read that part or whatever um so that before the storm just functions as this in a vacuum i think functions as this really really beautiful queer love story that really i think articulates how heightened it all feels to be a teen and how end of the world everything feels Mm -hmm. um but a huge part of that game uh is you as chloe after you get you play as chloe after you get kicked out of school or whatever like fixing Mm -hmm. this truck and this idea of freedom and safety attached to the truck in the junkyard Mm -hmm. um and if you can just fix this truck uh then you and rachel are gonna be okay it's very tracy chapman fast car it's like we're gonna are gonna fix this truck and we're gonna get in this truck and we're just like you talk the whole game you talk to rachel about we're just going to go. We're going to get in the car yeah, and we're just going to leave. Yeah, that's a big thing leave. for queer teens is like the theme of like being able to escape or like yeah. having a way to leave like this small town or yeah, whatever. It's yeah, very you're in suburbia, a... like Americana, like Oh, totally, teen. yeah. And like small, suburbia, but I think more in this case like rural small town. It's yeah. not really suburban, it's a rural well, small town. Well, that's true. I just associate like wanting to get away and drive away with suburbia. Yeah, I think, I think though like I can't speak to like rural queerness or like rural no. small town culture because i didn't grow up in that but i think that's more what it is in the pacific northwest context in before the storm it's like a poor uh f- i think it's a former logging town but it's like a poor town where the industry has sort of gone away um which is a very classic sort of gothic american setting yeah it's like night in the woods mm-hmm, totally uh it's actually set in basically the same place yeah. as night in the woods pacific northwest Night in the Woods is set in Appalachia. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Other Coast. Um, very similar. It's set in the same place as Gone Home and uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Yes. And, or like the same area of the world. And which What Remains of Edith Finch is a f- truly phenomenal video game that you should play. Oh, yes. Yeah, buy it. It's so good. So good. It's yeah. so good, Aaron. It's so good. It'll, you will cry. Yeah, I cried it's a like lot. It's like three hours long. It's very uh, short. And you it's can just go very it affecting. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, and the whole time you're taught, you as Chloe, you like Chloe and Rachel are talking about like, we're just going to go, we're going to get out of our shitty lives and our shitty families and we're going to get in this car and we're just going to Tracy Chapman it fast car away. Um, and that is just so tied to, is it say, I'm like in, you said the beginning at the end of, but I'm a cheerleader, like they escape in the back of a truck. Um, it's just this notion of, and I remember growing up in the household that I did like being able to have a car and knowing that that meant that I wasn't trapped there and that I could leave anytime I wanted was a very empowering feeling um and like obviously I had the privilege to get a car and I think there's a a, in I obviously can't speak to all aspects of an American experience but I think there's a certain subset um of American teenagerhood that the symbol of the car as freedom uh, is sort of a huge thing. Like the notion that like, especially if you grow up in suburbia, right? Mm. Or like in a rural place where, where you, you can't, can't like get, get on anywhere a, right. Like you can't, where I grew up, you couldn't like get on a bus or yeah, train and just go. Like you, you could either walk to the one Barnes and Noble. I couldn't uh, walk that I got, Yeah. I could walk to Barnes and Noble and I, <laughs> I got kicked out of there for no reason. Cause they thought I was stealing for no reason once. Um, and then I never went there again. So I couldn't I go, even go to the Barnes and Noble. 
and um, so yeah, there was like nowhere to go, and you couldn't escape. So especially if you were in like a, a unsafe or abusive household, like you could physically walk or run away if you were able, but there's only so far you could go. But if you have a car, because of the way a lot of America is laid out, and it's so big, and especially American suburbia, which is a failed social experiment, mm-hmm. is laid out, it's 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 so entrapping. But if you have a car, you can go. And like fat, the whole <laughs> contents of the song "Fast Car" is, and the in "Life Is Strange Before the Storm," they talk about we're gonna go, we're gonna go to Seattle, or we're gonna go to Portland. I think they talk about yeah, Seattle. A lot of times, it's escaping to like a big city, which yeah. is very interesting. Cause yeah, I remember the narrative of "Fast Car" is like we're gonna get to the big city and we're gonna be okay. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple things that I want to talk about in line with that. I also remember growing up as like a young queer person in suburbia and the freedom that having a car allowed, and I very distinctly remember um, feeling much more free with that car to like take girls places in mm-hmm, my car totally well i want to like yeah, i want to talk about something related to that and to like be with girlfriends mm-hmm. in my car because um i did not live in a house where it was necessarily safe or good for me to like take people that i was dating at that time yeah me i mean um, me neither at all yeah I think so that's a pretty common experience. it's a very common experience i would say so like being able to like take a girl to a parking lot and smoke cigarettes and be sad and like lay on the hood of the car was a very integral experience mm-hmm. to my like queer queer youth basically mm-hmm. um and i want you to say your thing real quick before i say my next thing because it's kind of changing yeah so lanes like, so for to speak ins- yeah for instance like i think that's really true and like p- like for like queer sexual awakening i think the car is often a really important part of it because like my first girlfriend lived in this really strict, really conservative, like, Baptist household where, like, they had something put on their internet where they, like, couldn't get on Facebook and stuff after 10 p.m. They had, like, a... a oh, yeah. A uh, net nanny or whatever. Yeah, they had, like, a net nanny. And my first girlfriend at the time was, like, 17 for their, mm-hmm. like, older children. Um, and, like, we would sometimes be able to be like be in their basement we'd have to have a movie on and we'd always have to like listen and stop because if someone was going to come down the stairs mm-hmm. like it was not safe for us to like be together or have sex in either of our houses mm-hmm. um and so it was really important for us to be able to have cars because that was the only safe place where we were you know as long as we parked in the right place pretty guaranteed to have a place to not be disturbed and to go have sex um and i think that is really it for for people who our teens, you know, obviously be careful because it's not super legal to do that. No, um, but <laughs> not it's, by any means. But it's super important because it's like we, you know, had no way to like have that experience and that like sexual awakening uh, outside of or like no safe and stress-free way to do that or like reduced stress way to do that outside of the car. So that was a really important symbol of not just like together not only togetherness in like an intimate sense but like physical intimacy was so unsafe in the places where we lived um that we like i remember orchestrating all kinds of things with like friends and you know sneaking around like sneaking in and out of houses and so forth um but the car was like a place where it felt like we could be okay you know yeah um something that i want to talk about in relationship to a lot of our discussion about like leaving to go to a big city is there are and have been a lot of um rural reclamation like queer oh, totally. movements uh and that's not every queer person's experience to right. like escape to a city or to like mm-hmm. escape there's a lot of uh like 
reclaiming or like building this place as your own sort mm-hmm. of thing. Totally. Um, I think historically in like smaller towns, um, not always, but there's a lot of like historically in this sort of social map of America, like small towns and rural areas tend to be more conservative. Um, I don't really know why that is, but it is sort of sociologically historically true. Um, and so, and like suburbs also. Um, and so growing up as a queer person in those places, they tend to have historically less community and or be in an environment where it is not safe for them to be out. Um, and like you're saying, that's sort of changing and like people No, are, that's not changing. That's always been the case, actually. It's a... No, I know it has, always has been the case, but people are trying to change it and trying to reclaim it, I think is what you're saying. I'm saying there have always been movements to reclaim it. Like, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that this is not like a new thing. This well, is, I'm, yeah. Like, people have been trying to change the environment. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the environment has always existed and people have always been trying to change it. And I don't ne- necessarily know if the environment has always existed either. From what I've known and studied about, like, American sociology, like, smaller towns tend have always tended to be more conservative. I know that there are places where uh, queer people have been and continue to be, like, safe and fine and accepted parts of the community. Right. I think that it's a I'm stereotype. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just I saying. Know. I'm just saying. I think that it's a stereotype that, like, urban centers are where queer people only are and I just want to work to combat I'm that. not saying that it's not where, not where queer people only are that's not what I'm saying at all I'm not arguing with you I'm saying that I'm combating a stereotype I also want to combat Earth. that stereotype I'm just saying that historically small towns tend to be more conservative and therefore uh, the movements in those towns like the communities in those towns often aren't as large like in places where it's not as safe to be queer it's harder to find queer people not across the board sure yes okay what's what's interesting is uh there's this current like sociological happening where urban queer centers have fewer queer centers like urban centers have fewer queer places like uh there are fewer queer specific bars or like clubs or like places to go mm-hmm. as a queer person and depending on where you live depending, depending on, on what, what city you're talking about that's where i'm getting into um in smaller places there are more just like all queer communities like there's one queer bar and every queer person goes there mm-hmm. right but in like the urban center there's a queer goth subset or like a queer like punk group of people or like queer hippies or whatever um people who fit into like different subsets of queerness but then you're in like a smaller place right and there's like a big queer community where Mm -hmm. everyone like looks out for each other and stuff like that so it's a really interesting autostrad just had an article about this uh, about like somebody's experience being in like I think it was like Provincetown. It was like some like classic like New England, New England, yeah. wee mass lesbian. It's a it's college town, mm-hmm. um, and talking about how like there's queer people everywhere here. Why can't I meet any queer people? And I think you and I were talking about this the other day about how like in it's kind of like how at the end of um, Gender Rex, those like ghosts are talking about. Um, you know, when it wasn't safe to be ourselves, like sort of all the queer people banded together and there were like queer neighborhoods and so forth. Mm-hmm. And now in the in the like wrecked out world of gender wrecked, it's like that doesn't exist anymore so we can go wherever we want. And I think maybe that it's like 
in places where it is more accepted to be queer because we need like we don't need that like homogenous community as much of like all the queer people know each other because our uniting factor is being queer mm-hmm. uh and we need to like have that safe space it's like in a place like denver for instance where like on the i mean obviously like some guys got stabbed outside of a nightclub like a couple months ago in denver for being gay like mm-hmm. there still happens um it's a very purple state um but there are like i don't have to go to tracks because that's the only gay bar you know what i mean yeah. or like i don't have to go to charlie's because that's the only gay bar and all the gay people are going to be there and that's the only place i can hang out with gay people um I can choose not to go to Charlie's because it's going to be all cis gay men. Like I can go to blush and blue. You know what I mean? Or like I can go to milk bar where there are a ton of queer folks on a given night in in a goth, like the goth scene in Denver has a lot of queer folks in it. Mm -hmm. So if I want to hang out with queer folks with similar interests, I don't have to, I'm not hanging out with queer folks where our only similar interest is being queer. You know what I mean? Um, Like our roommate Ty is a queer person. He's an awesome dude. And he and I have very different interests. Um, and he and I don't run really in the same social circles other than co-parenting a cat and living in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sometimes overlaps, but like, I think if we were in a smaller place or if it was a different time, he and I would always hang out at the same bars because that's where we go for queer. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to diverge. Yeah, into totally. Based off of that, and now that like I go to milk bar and he goes to, I don't wherever know, wherever he goes, wherever he goes. I don't know where he goes. And, um, we have very separate queer circles that are like. I go to Milk Bar because I am goth and gay. And he goes to EDM shows because he's a bro and gay. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's very different environments. Mm-hmm. So, like, to tie it to tie it back to the great, the great sapphic road trip, um, I, I feel like the, the combination of, various freedoms and like oppressions that we experience as queer folks are very interestingly represented in that Mm -hmm. um because sapphic people specifically a lot of us get read as women or are women uh and there is a dual uh discrimination of being a person who is queer and a woman or read as a woman um where you experience both misogyny and homophobia. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the freedom that is allowed by, like, a road trip, you don't experience, like, job or housing discrimination when you're on a road trip because right. you're just, like, you're in your car. going. You're mm-hmm. in your car, yeah. Um, well, and if you have a car, you can always live out of your car. Well, no, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just an interesting way to represent freedom from a lot of specific oppressions that people Mm -hmm. who are in those two marginalized groups experience. And I think that's part of the reason why it's such a prevalent narrative. Oh, totally. And there was a whole thing. I have definitely read something about this and I'm not going to be able to cite it, but I know that I've read something about this. We're like in that mid, the mid 20th century where like women were, you know, taking over men's jobs and so forth, quote unquote, like post-war era. Like that was sort of when the great American road trip began to arise um and a lot of like women who didn't have a lot of freedoms like women started to go on these road trips you know what I mean and like women being able to be autonomous and being able to just drive and go um and being able to like see a lot of places like it 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 opened up a lot of these freedoms again for people who had access to cars um in a way that other 
like you you couldn't really do otherwise like it is all based on the car which is obviously a symbol of privilege and Mm -hmm. something that you have to have the privilege like I don't have a car um, and so I don't get out of the city very often because somebody else always has to take me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take a bus up to Boulder, um, but like if a bus or train doesn't go there, I can't really go by myself or if I can't bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me, like the bike is a huge symbol of freedom because as long as I'm able-bodied enough that as long as I, you know, have the physical energy, I can get to a lot of places in the city on my bike. Lesbians also bike. All Lesbians the bike a lot. Um, lesbians. We have to ride bikes. Mm-hmm. It's a whole Cameron Esposito pit. And, uh, for me, that's, it's like that mic, it's more micro symbol of freedom within the city. It's like, I don't have to deal with parking or traffic or whatever. It's like, I can just take my bike and go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can get almost anywhere, uh, again, physicality allowing, um, and, and like weather allowing, like if it's pouring rain, I can't ride my bike. Um, so anyway, that was kind (laughs) of about video games. We tied it to video games. We don't have to apologize for who we are. I didn't apologize at all. I didn't say you were. I just said all we didn't right. have to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm so- I will Aaron is I'm sorry. sorry. Aaron's sorry. That's um, all I need. And yeah, the great lesbian road trip. And I just, yeah, the more I, we talk about it and the more I think about it, the more examples I think of them like, oh, that lesbian fiction is tied to escaping in a car. Like, well, yeah, Life is Strange Before the Storm, tied to escaping in a car. We're consumed by like um, the American like narrative. Of, yeah. Uh, even in the lesbian world. I feel like half, like half of lesbian music is about driving a car yes. somewhere. Yes. I would say. Um, and, uh, yeah, modes of transportation are lesbian. Yes. Uh, bikes are lesbian. So it's, I don't know why it's a huge, and it, may, it might just be a Colorado thing that it's a huge lesbian stereotype. No, because Cameron Esposito was in Chicago in that bit. Yeah. That it's a huge lesbian stereotype to ride bicycles. I don't know why that is. There's a huge lesbian stereotype about, like, vegan and vegetarianism and, like, sustainability yeah. environmentally friendly practices. Yeah, that's true. Um, which because there's a lot a of, of. Uh, like, lesbian land movements which are associated with environmentalism. Mm-hmm. A lot of, not every lesbian, obviously, a lot of sapphic folks are, like, very associated with environmental practices. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that stereotype comes from. Most of the sapphics I know are very concerned about the environment. Yep. I don't, I would need to do more research into why that is specifically. There was, there was huge, I don't know, man. My well, and it's hurts. interesting because obviously, yeah, you're very tired. Obviously the car is kind of at odds with that. Um, but it's also but in the American. a lot of sapphics drive Priuses as well as uh, Subarus. And Subarus are fucking tight. Those are very, those are, I mean, on the. Supers are very fuel efficient. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but the motor vehicle is, again, at odds with environmentalism. Um, and so how do we fix that? That's not a Tesla. Someday we'll all have self-driving fucking flying electric hover cars and it's going to be tight as fuck. Someday um, we'll just have trains. Trains Someday are tight, we'll too. Someday we'll have teleporters. Mm-hmm. But then you don't get to take a road trip. Like, the part of the whole you thing. You can still take a road trip if you want, though. Right, but like part of the, yes, teleporters are great. I would love to just be able to instantly be in Santa Fe and be back from Santa Fe mm-hmm. when I need to. But part of the road trip is also like the journey and seeing the landscape and it yeah, being. Yeah, which is lovely. Uh, a way to, you know, Experience. see America Explore. right as it will. Listen, here. To the mountain guts. <laughs> to the mountain Go guts. Go listen to the mountain guts. Go listen to Owl Riggs. They rule. They are so good. Hi, Owl Riggs. <laughs> uh, Owl Riggs and the Owl Riggs band. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. 
Um, we're gonna stop recording now because we need to go get brunch because it's Kai's birthday. And I'm very, I'm, I'm so tired. They're losing steam. I'm losing so much steam. Real bad. They had so little steam to begin with, and they didn't have any steam. It's just coming out their ears. Uh, like a cartoon. <laughs> Um, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, at Gay Gamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. Yeah! Gay Gamers, with a Z, because we're cool, uh, and hip, and with it, and... Millennials. Millennials. And you can email us at ifitsgaywePlay at gmail.com. You can email Send us... your comments. Suggest questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for episodes would be so great. The Coming up with for games episode topics every week is... Sometimes a little hard. Um, I mean, it's not. I'm we're not complaining. We're very tired people. Uh, but we're back. I don't have any more trips Baby. to take for a little while. Um, and so we're back in the saddle again. Don't call it a comeback. And <laughs> you can stream us wherever you stream podcasts. Your favorite, your podcatcher of choice probably has us. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Google Play. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Cast Form. Mm-hmm. We're on. We're pretty much on them all. On on all of them. Um, you, not the paid ones. Not the paid ones. Cause fuck that. Uh, we want to be access. I mean, it technically have to. No, you can. You don't have to pay for Spotify. I just do. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we need to go eat. Yeah, we do. Uh, what what else is there? You can also find us on our website at stickpokeprod.com slash if it's gay play with hyphens in between the little mm-hmm. words and no apostrophe because there's no apostrophes allowed in web addresses. Um, We've got business cards that are also stickers. You might see them up around send town. send them to you if you want. Let us know. We'll mail you one. You might see them around town yeah. and on stuff. Uh, if you do, take a on picture. people. Tag us in us. it. Uh, let us know if you've heard about us from our sticker. I know yeah. there's one outside the wizard's chest and never uh-huh. that hasn't been taken down. Um, um, you can listen to other podcasts. You can on listen this to network. other podcasts on the network or any network. Hey, podcasts are tight, and you should listen to them I all the time. I was going to advertise the other podcasts that are on this network. Yeah, they're great. Gonna, oh, oh, okay. Nope. Uh, in Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia, <laughs> and this is Grandma's House. There are shows on the uh, Stickbook Productions Network, and all they're all shows about like what makes people the way that they are. Um, and Aaron is on uh, Encyclopedia. And it's pretty cool. If you like his voice, you can hear more of it there. He's a very good boy. He's a good they boy. just had a Orpheus Music Festival, and I uh-huh. hear that went very well, and I was very proud of everyone that was involved. Um, there's also a very cool musical artist uh, called Diane, uh, D-I-E-A-N-N-E, that you should check out nope, no in e. the future. No D-I-E e. D-I-E space oh, A-N-N. Oh, thank you. God damn, I always forget how to spell Anne. Uh, check um, out Diane. Uh yeah, they played at Orpheus Music Festival, and I hear that they were pretty cool. So, yeah, like, they were I would check suit. them that's out. Right. Um, and that's probably all the words. Oh, Aaron. I have something. Aaron has something. He's got a thing. Speaking of things on the network, um, my uh, my good friend Mark and I are working on a really um, cool and important podcast series um, that um, I'm going to tease a little bit right now. It's called Spatial. Okay. And it's going to be all about. Um, He's a geography uh, grad student right now, and he specializes in taking data sets, making maps out of those, and then um, connecting those to the social implications of those data sets. Mm. Um, So he's currently got a project in the works that looks at trauma centers in Chicago and the rate of uh, death from gunshots Mm. um, and how that can change with like how there are trauma deserts mm. and how those things often 
um, unequally affect people of color and people of low income um, and how Chicago is currently taking steps uh, to fix that. And I think it's going to be really fascinating. Um, he's doing a lot of really hard work on it. So keep your ears to the ground for Spatial, which will be coming to the Stick Poke Prod oh, Network. Excellent. Yeah, That's really cool. Um, also keep your ear to the ground. It's the very preliminary talks. The Wit Theater Company is going to be doing some sort of uh, cool Wit radio play. We, that's all we know about it right now. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, some of your hosts might be on it. One hopes. And uh, that's probably all we the words you. that we have to say right now. Keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck shit up. Okay, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Here's the theme song one more time. I hope you like the theme song because this episode is mostly the theme song. Thank you.